And welcome to the North Pole, everybody. On Thursday night this week, a little schedule change had work on Tuesday night. So here at a different time, thank you to all that are watching on Facebook Live and to those who will be listening on Spotify later after the show is up. Of course, you guys can always uh, follow us on Facebook, Review and Preview Sports. We've just launched a YouTube page. You can give us a follow on YouTube, subscribe to us so you can get content. We had Big Blue Avenue just a few minutes ago, just concluded uh, with Tom Scavetta and Hank and Dichter. Great show, breaking down the Giants. And then Wednesday nights, you have the review and preview show, breaking down all of sports. And I will be back to my normal Tuesday night, six to seven time slot from here on out. A couple PSAs before we get started with the show. Uh, we have... We have Stephen B. from Minnesota making the trip uh, to the stream from Minnesota. He's a historian. I'm really excited. He's a big Viking fan. Can't wait to have him on. He's coming on in just a few minutes. But before that, just a few, just a few PSAs. We have something I wanted to bring up. Matt Masterson, uh, a guest on the show. He is having he is live streaming an extreme waffle challenge on Instagram Live. If this show is boring you, my friend Colin Cassidy is taking part in that waffle challenge, trying to eat twenty four waffles in just one hour. Uh, it might be it will be very entertaining whether he does that or not. Just wanted to throw that out there, my friends. Uh, I wanted to be there but couldn't. Andy Hopper, welcome to the show. Thank you for watching. Uh, you can see more content from me and Andy on his show at the at the Brew Party. Uh, love talking about the Vikings and Bears with Andy. Tonight is going to be a big Bears-Vikings for you. Looking forward to talking about that with you guys tonight. So let's get started, everybody. We got um, Week 9 recap. So the Vikings took down the Lions at home. It was a really easy win for them. Dalvin Cook, the star of the show. No surprise there. And then you had the Bears losing to the Titans in Tennessee. The Bears, the wheels are falling off the wagon in Chicago. Going to be talking more about the Bears in a few minutes with my guest. And then Green Bay uh, taking care of business last Thursday night against a JV squad in the San Francisco 49ers. Not a crazy impressive win by any means, but nice to see the Packers get back into their winning ways after the Vikings took them down. And tonight, I really cannot wait, Andy. I'm glad you tuned in for this one. I'm sure you'll be chirping a lot in the comment section tonight uh, for this one. Going to have a lot of hot takes on that Bears-Vikings game, that's for sure. Um, before we get into that, discussion with Steven. He'll be joining me soon. Just wanted to recap a little bit of week nine. So the Vikings, they beat the Lions. Dalvin Cook had a big 70-yard touchdown run, just in addition to his 202 rushing yards. Really incredible game from Dalvin as usual. But what was funny about this game is 
in this one. Dalvin Cook had had that 70-yard touchdown run in the second half. The Lions had just 10 guys on that field. Now, this was not uh, a rare occurrence for the Lions. Two weeks ago against the Indianapolis Colts, the Lions also had just tw- 10 guys on the field on two separate occasions. So, finally, foreshadowing, the Vikings capitalized Dalvin Cook with a big run. The Lions, they're pretty bad on defense with 11 guys. You put 10 guys on the field, they're not doing much. Uh, and then, moving forward uh, on that game, the Vikings, they ran 55 offensive plays. Very small amount of offensive plays, but they almost amassed over 500 yards of total offense. This offense was impressive. I'm going to be talking a lot about this Viking offense with my guests in a little bit, but that the rushing performance is what stuck out to me for the Vikings. I mean, it's Detroit. They're the fourth worst tackling defense in the NFL, according to PFF Advanced, but the way they were doing it, I mean, you knew what was coming. You saw what Dalvin Cook did versus Green Bay. And the Lions, with Matt Patricia, they they could not stop it. Kirk Cousins, another small pass attempt game for him, just 20 pass attempts. That's how the Vikings like it. They like minimal passing, maximum running, and it worked to perfection in this game. And then uh, a key, a fun fact I wanted to bring up was In that game, the Vikings rushed for 275 yards. It was the most team rushing yards for Minnesota since November 4th of 2007 when Adrian Peterson broke a Vikings record and what was actually at the time an NFL single game rushing record. It might still be the record when Adrian Peterson had 296 rushing yards versus the Chargers. And that was, I believe, in his rookie season. Uh... The Vikings in that game combined for 378 total rushing yards. That was the most in Viking history. And the Vikings uh, in that game, this game, uh, this past Sunday, they ran the ball for 8.1 yards a rush. Very impressive. Loved what I saw out of Minnesota. Now let's just recap that Bears game real quick before I bring on my guest, Steven. Uh, I'll be bringing you on, Steven, in just two minutes. Uh, don't go anywhere. So Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, believe it's a Minnesota publication, uh, but he he had an article and talked about how inept the Bears were on offense in that Titans game. Um, the Titans headed into this game in week nine with the uh, second worst third down conversion defense in the NFL at 61.9%. So good for the Bears, right? Finally, a defense that's weak on third down. The Bears have the second-worst third-down offense in the league. Well, what happened in that game? Chicago converted two of its 15 third-downs in that game, and that's good for 13.3%. Foles, Nick Foles, threw 14 third-down passes with 12 failed conversions. So I'm excited with Minnesota playing them in just a few, uh, few nights now to see how that really good third-down defense of Minnesota stacks up against Foles in that really atrocious third-down offense. Uh, yeah, the Titans, they won that game with 228 total yards, 11 first downs. How do you win a football game with 11 first downs and 228 total yards? You know who wins games like that? It's actually the Bears. The Bears win games with less than 300 yards and 11 first downs. But the Titans, obviously, they are a much better offense. Derrick Henry, they, 
the Bears, I mean, it's it, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Bears stack up going the rest of the way. Uh, but yeah, penalties, offensive line, poor offensive line play, um, bad play calling. It's it's looking rough for Chicago right now. Uh, but yeah, so let's, without further ado, let's bring on my guest, Stephen Barrett. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you tonight? Pretty good, Gabe. Thanks for having me. No problem, Steven. Thank you so much for joining me. You are now the third Vikings guest I've had on my show. I'm a big Vikings fan. Love having Vikings fans on. I'm going to bring up this Vikings background to get us nice and acclimated to the scene. So, Steven, let's get started with a couple questions. I know you're a Viking fan, but when did you become a Viking fan? Um, Probably that 98. Or, no, you know. Probably early 90s, but I probably became a real fan in that 98 season when we had Randy Moss that year. That pretty much made me a, you know, a diehard fan. I've been a fan my whole life, but like a true like diehard fan since probably the 98 season, I would say. Man, that was a good season. That was a very good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's. So I know you're a historian, Stephen. So just walk me through a little bit. What is it like being a historian? I think that's an awesome, awesome job. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I get to learn new things every day. I do research and I work with artifacts. I'm actually a, a museum curator too. So, uh, you know, I work with stuff that's 100 years old. I work with stuff that's 10 days old. You know, it just depends on what I see every day. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. I get, I get to work with different stuff every single day. And I get to learn new things every day, which I'm always trying to learn new things. And you know, this one, especially being just, I love sports history. I know the Vikings haven't had the best history as far as Super Bowls go. Unfortunately, we're trying to get over that hump still, you know. But uh, it's still one of the best, you know. We got one of the story, most storied franchises in NFL history, I'd still say, too, on top of that, though. So, Yeah, I, me and my dad goes way back as a Vikings fan. He's been a fan since the, the late 60s. Uh, but... He, we always talk about Vikings are the best team to never have won a Super Bowl, period. Yeah. I think it's the hardest thing to argue. Not the best thing to brag about by any <laughs> means, but it's, yeah. it's it's better than, you know, being the Lions. <laughs> well, that's true. But it, it's kind of sad when you have, you know, you have one of the best playoff win percentages in NFL history, but except you can't win a Super Bowl. That's just amazing to me, you know, too. But anyway. Teach his own, <laughs> I guess. You know. Yeah. So, so Steven, uh, your your favorite Vikings memory? I wanted to ask you this. So, you've been a fan for much longer than I have. I'm I'm only 22 years old. I've really started becoming a big fan, and right when Adrian Peterson came to the team in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can you give me your favorite Vikings memory? Mm, so, I, I got a decade of time on you here. Uh, <laughs> Mm, my favorite Vikings memory, mm, probably, it, mm, I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, I was a fan of that year, too. I was a big fan of the 09 season when they, you know, um, kind of answer your other question. My favorite Viking of all time is definitely Jared Allen, even though he wasn't here very long. He's definitely my, he's like, he's just like kind of guy I am, tattooed, you know, a crazy guy, you know, loves country stuff. That's pretty much me too in a nutshell but uh um favorite memory would probably just be randy <laughs> uh the the funniest memory i have is randy moss mooning and that that famous joe buck line that's my one of my favorite memories but uh despicable act <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably my favorite memory would be 
uh, I'd say Randy Moss in that, that Thanksgiving game against Dallas. That's probably my favorite memory when I was a Vikings fan, probably as a kid especially for sure. He had that three-touchdown game, three catches, 167 yards or whatever it was on three catches. That's pretty damn good. Probably never happened ever again too. So definitely yeah. my favorite memory probably when I was a kid for sure in my in, in my lifetime anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. We've gone backwards over the past 20 years. We had the gunslingers. We were like the pioneers of football with yeah. that 98 team, that 2009 team that threw the ball really mm-hmm. well. And now we're going backwards in time to this run-style offense. I think it's kind of funny just looking at our history. Yeah. Kind of going, it, but it works because now teams, like, like I said before, I think our offense now, um, we're playing teams that are really bad at tackling. Like, mm-hmm. the Packers are rated the worst tackling team in football. Then yeah. you have the Lions, who you just watch the Lions play. You feel bad for them, how bad they are at tackling. But it's like, it's almost as if now, if we had that kind of run-style offense with Adrian Peterson uh, in 2012, I think we would he would still rush for over 2,000 yards because of how ill-equipped defenses are to stop the run these days, it seems mm-hmm. like. Yeah. All right. So, Steven, uh, let's get to the Bears-Vikings game. This Monday night, mm-hmm. um, Matt Nagy four and zero in his career versus Minnesota since taking mm-hmm. over in twenty eighteen, and Kirk Cousins is zero and nine in his career on primetime Monday night football games. Yeah, and the Vikings in the last four games they've lost and they've only averaged twelve points a game. So, Steven, how do the Vikings? turn around how do they turn things around versus the bears and not fall to the same fate of the last four matchups well just a first disclaimer here if you have your your bears guy on here next just a disclaimer here uh i'm not a fan of cousins i I was never a fan when we signed him three years ago the the extension was obviously a bad idea because now we're in cap hell the next two years because of him so just just get that out of the way right now i'm not i'm not a cousins fan and never have been never will be uh but you know hey i'm still a fan of the team so i'll support them but uh, I think just the key is they got to just freaking pound the ball. Don't let Cousins throw more than 50. Like, again, if you look at his last two games, he's got, what, 20? They say he had 24 combined uh, throws in the past two games. Keep doing that. You got to keep pounding the, the ball, you know, pound the rock, as they say. You got to keep Delvin, you know, and just keep letting him do what he does. You know, that I think that's the only way you're going to be able to beat him. You got Jefferson, you got, and you got Thielen if you need them there. They're all, those guys, they don't drop anything. They're always, they're going to catch everything that's thrown their way. Rudolph usually does too, but I just think you got to pound the rock and just, again, like, but like you just kind of brought it up about tackling defenses. You know, we've been suspecting that kind of that, that avenue. I don't know where we are in that, that ranking this year too. I don't know where we are in that category. We're actually, we're actually seventh best tackling defense. And okay. the last season, we were the number one tackling defense. The Vikings are actually good at tackling. I'll give them credit on one thing this year. <laughs> yeah, me too. Considering the defense has been, you know, again, you got all these new guys on defense, and we have what what our fifth string corners in there now. I I don't know who, who's who's that playing corner besides Gladney. I was even playing corner anyway. But yeah, I think that that's the key is just you got to run the ball and just make sure you can you know again stop again stop them. You know, just you know play defense. That's all you can do basically at this point because. Again, I, I do think, I mean, given, I don't know, what, so I know Trubisky's out for a while. So I think it's Foles playing this week, I think, if I'm correct on that. Yeah, yep. Um, again, you know, if you look back to that 2017 game, unfortunately, I hate to look back at that game, but he can, you know, he can throw. I mean, you just got to, you know, again, 
man coverage and just play defense. All you, it's all you can do and just run the ball. That's, I, that's it's literally that simple. It shouldn't be. It's not rocket science. It's that simple. But again, it's the Vikings. You know they'll lay an egg probably Monday, like they always do against the Bears. At least lately they have been. I don't know why against them of all teams should beat them by ten, at least ten points. But you know, we'll see. So uh, I, I agree. It, as Andy Hopper, he comments, "We ain't scared of Kirky boy." Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's scared of Kirk Cousins, honestly. He's not a scary quarterback. He's a game manager at best. I agree. The money he's making is unbelievable for what he actually does on the field. He's given minimal responsibility. He should be making probably half of what he makes for the production. If that. Um, And Andy Hopper agrees with you, Stephen. Just give Dalvin Cook the ball. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> However, I, I love stats. I just subscribed to a PFF advanced like subscription. They have um it was cheap because I had like the student discount. I got fifty percent off. Pretty nice. cool. I'm like a number junkie. I love it. Just taking in all this data. Uh but uh Dalvin Cook is projected by PFF to a thirty-four percent chance of rushing for a hundred yards. So we know last year when the when Bears beat them in week four, I don't count the week 17 game last year because half of our starters didn't play. Neither, but that, neither did their, their, their guys too. Exactly. Count that game. I don't count it. Uh, week four was really the game that I count, and I think it's a game that will always stick in my head because it was so, so ugly. There was one other game where the Vikings played that ugly, and I don't know if you'll remember it, but it was that – like 2010 Josh Freeman Monday night oh, game. I remember that, that one. game vividly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only, only because I was actually a big advocate of them bringing in Freeman, and I was dead wrong. You know, like, well, most of us were dead wrong about Freeman, but oh, yeah. I remember who could forget that game? Yeah. It's the worst performance <laughs> in, in quarterback history. I don't know how you can forget yeah. that game. <laughs> I, and I remember he was on the team for four days. I, I'm pretty sure they stuck him in the starting lineup. He mm-hmm. got traded to them, or they picked him up five days before, and they're like, "See what, see what you got." And he, oh man, that was that was. And we don't lose to the Giants. Like we yeah. we don't lose to them. So for that to happen, that was that was painful to watch. But yeah, Cook, what do you think if Dallin Cook doesn't rush for over a hundred yards, it's it's reasonable that he doesn't rush for over a hundred yards because. He only ran for 35 yards last year, and you can only imagine that this Bears defense is going to have an answer for it. They, the Bears defense is good. This is a good defense. So let's say they stack the box like crazy. They, they hold him down. Do you think the Vikings, with their other weapons, which they do have, I, I will give the Vikings credit on offense, do you think they can do enough to give the Vikings a good offensive performance and win this game? I do. Th- I if they don't turn the ball over, yes, I do think. Again, I think it's gonna be a battle of trenches. Honestly, it's just yeah, it's gonna come down to not oh, don't overturn the ball. Like I just said, you got you know you got Rudy, you got Thielen, you got Jefferson. I mean, those guys don't drop again. So again, speaking of which, if you look back to that Week Four game, what Thielen? If I remember correctly, Thielen dropped two touchdowns in that game. I think he think he dropped in that game. So, which again, he never drops anything thrown his way. He'll, he'll grab it if it's anywhere near him. So, I mean, you look back to that game. I'm sure he wants a little revenge for that game too from last year. You know, so I mean, or two years ago. But yeah, I, uh, I just yeah, and you got Irv Smith, you got Madison, and Cook can catch the ball too. We've seen him catch the ball last few weeks. You know, too. You know, I. 
I'm sick of hearing about this Alvin Kamara, oh, his best scrimmage from play. Okay, well, you're not a true running back if you're just catching the ball for 50 times a game, you know? I mean, and Derrick Henry, oh, well, he's the best back. Yeah, Cook had the uh, same amount of – has more yards on what almost, what, 50 less carries total this year so far? I mean, give me a break. Delvin Cook is the best running back in the league, hands down. There's no argument about it. I don't hear anything about all oh, Henry and – and you know, uh, yeah, and freaking Kamar. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> I digress. No, I agree. I actually, I, I came prepared, Stephen. I came prepared. No matter what you're gonna say, I will support it because I came with numbers to support yeah, this. Exactly. Dalvin Cook, look at this. Like the guy, you can say Derrick Henry, best in between the tackle running back. Well, that's actually not true because we look at Dalvin Cook in between the tackles this year. Guess you want to hear his number? Seventy-one rushes. For 449 yards, six touchdowns, and 13 carries for over 10 plus yards, just in between the tackles. Yeah. Derrick Henry's a beast in between the tackles, but Derrick Henry does not have that speed outside of no. tackle box like Dalvin Cook does. Dalvin Cook going around the left end, 26 rushes, 140 yards for two touchdowns. And not to mention, Dalvin Cook, after contact, is the best running back, period. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry. He's very good at breaking tackles, but Dalvin Cook can turn 10-yard runs into touchdowns like nobody else can. He and He's so explosive. I haven't seen this Dalvin Cook his my entire life. He looks different this year. I was watching the Bears highlights last year. I know it was wet. It was a wet day at Soldier Field. Yeah, that was a shitty game. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't have that same look to him. Um, and yeah, back to what you were saying with the receiving game. Why don't we throw more screens his way? <laughs> well, I mean, Drew Brees loves to just throw screens to Kamara and Thomas. That's all he does basically nowadays. I mean, he, you know, he doesn't have the deep ball anymore like he used to, but that's all he does is throw screens. And it, but hey, it works. You know, he he destroyed Tampa the other night. You know, in the same the same way. And their their defense is probably better than ours, I'd say, at least for right now. I think their defense is better than ours as far as yeah. Tampa goes. And but anyway, yeah. And if you look, what is he? He's like number one in, in yards. Yeah. You know, Henry's got, he, Henry has good burst, but he he hardly ever breaks one. I mean, he may break one once in a while, but the problem, again, he's just, he's just too big. You know, he's too big of a running back. He, he doesn't have the speed like Dal, again, Dalvin's what, three inches shorter, probably 30 pounds less heavy there than him. At least, he, yeah. The, got, if you put them side by side, it would. It would look yeah. very funny. <laughs> well, two, two examples come to my mind. If you remember, you remember that Miami game last year where he kind of that spin move he made on the yes. highlight, and he yes. broke, he broke the other he broke the other direction and scored the touchdown. And if you remember from last week that Detroit game when he I think it was like first and goal, he broke like what two tackles again that, that that touchdown I think too. The guy, I mean, after initial contact, he's he's just a, he's a again. I think they mentioned it on. I, I was listening to. Um, you know who's the after uh, the guy who interviews after the games on the radio? Um, Paul Allen? No, no, no. The uh, the other guy. Uh, Birch? Is this Vikings or is? Yeah, yeah, the Vikings guy. It, uh, I don't know a lot of Vikings uh, network people. Ben Lieber, maybe. Uh, Birch? Yeah, the reti- he's ret- he's a former player retired. Anyway, doesn't matter. But he was interviewing. You know, I think it was Irv Smith and the guy again talking to a guy who came from Alabama of all teams. You know. Two national championships, all, and Derrick Henry came to Alabama, by the way, too. Did he not? Yeah. So again, so this guy has seen every best player in the country, and for Earthman to say he's never seen vision like that before in his life, I'd say, I'd say that, that tells you how special Dalvin really is, right there. You know, too. That's my point, basically. What I'm trying to say. I mean, he, this guy is special. I mean, again, 
When he's healthy, yes, that's a given. When he's healthy, he's the best running back in football. When he's healthy, yeah, that, that's the key, though, is staying healthy, too. So Yeah, and um, he, going back to your point with the broken tackles, Dalvin Cook leads the league in broken tackles yeah. with 36. I'm not surprised, not surprised by that at all. <laughs> He has more rushing yards this year already than the Bears do as an entire team. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Uh, so let's get let's get away from Dalvin. We know what he can do. Let's mm-hmm. go to Kirk Cousins. Let's talk a little bit about the passing game. Um, you were talking about the weapons Kirk Cousins has at his disposal. Disposal. He has the according to I've got to say it again. According to PFF, he has the best receiving core in the NFL right now. And. Hmm. They, they have very high marks for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. They love those guys. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, he was quiet in those first two games, but then he came out of nowhere in that Titans game. He's played 41% of his snaps out of the slot this year. Not all of them, not even a majority, yeah. but when he's in the slot, he is lethal. And we have the luxury of going up against one of the worst slot corners in the NFL, Buster Screen. Oh, yeah. Um, he has allowed 35 catches on 46 targets this year. Wow. I'm excited to see this matchup. I, I'm gonna, I have a hot take list later in my show. I, my, <laughs> hot, my hot take is Justin Jefferson has over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns in this game. Very hot take. But do, well, do, do I you like think? that, too, because you got to remember, you know, their best defensive secondary guy, Eddie Jackson, if I remember, if I remember correctly, is he still banged up? If I remember correctly, too. He's still he's very, up, yeah, he's hobbled for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's still, so he's your best secondary player. He's still banged up. You know, the secondary is not what it was. I mean, they were, they were, I think they, I think they got lucky to that, you know, last season. I think they, they were, you know, what they lead the NFL in turnovers that last, that two years ago. But again, you know, you got lucky that year, but their D line is okay. But Roquan, was it Ro, yeah, Raquan Smith or whatever? Yeah, Roquan yeah. Smith leads the league in solo tackles right now. Yeah. yeah. Again, if you can contain him, I think you have a good chance in the passing game because again, their secondary is banged up. They have again, like like they have again, Buster Screen is, is should have retired, I think, two years ago, honestly, or he should have retired probably five years ago, if I remember correctly. Anyway. But yeah, I I think so too. I think Jefferson has a good game. I'll say at least a hundred yards. I think at least one touchdown for sure for him probably this week, I would say. Easily. Should have at least hundred yards, in my opinion. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is can the Vikings throw the ball more than 20 yards in this game? Uh, we You remember that game last year, uh, week four. Kirk Cousins couldn't throw the ball down the field. That was check down City every every pass in that game. His numbers actually looked good after the game. It was 27 for 36 for 233 yards. He, Kirk Cousins is a magician at having stat lines that look pretty decent. But if you actually watch the game, he had a pretty bad game. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So like Justin Jefferson, can he get those passes down the field? He lost to get this year on twelve targets over twenty yards down the field. Justin Jefferson has nine catches. That's an incredible percentage of coming down with it. Adam Thielen, another guy who loves going deep. He has five catches of over 20 yards passes down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, can we air out the ball? Because the Vikings seem to not like to pass the ball short this season when last year it was check down, check down, check down. But this year it's air deep a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Vikings can win if Kirk Cousins has multiple interceptions? Because 
he has not had a single win in his career with multiple interceptions. He's 0 for 19 with well, multiple again, that, interceptions. Like, like, again, like I was saying earlier, the, the turnovers, that's going to be the key. You know, in the last, was the last two games, he's got 10 touchdowns with no interceptions in the last two games, if I remember correctly. You know, in the first six games, he, he leads the league, and he led the league in, in, in interceptions for the first six games. Did he not with 10 interceptions? I'm pretty sure he led the league at one point. He yeah. in the league. Yeah. I think he, he maybe still is leading the league in that category. Yeah, if he only turns the ball, we're screwed. You know, one fumble, one one pick. You know, I mean, unless it's like it's like it's like some again depending on weather. I don't know what the weather's gonna be like. And you know, Monday it's night, gonna be but, cold, and it's yeah. Soldier Field. I hate that place. Uh, I hate Soldier Field. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been there, and it's not. Oh, really? Really? It's it's a kind of a podunk stadium. Honestly, it, it kind of is. No offense to any Bears fans in here, but <laughs> it's fun. To, it's fun for the game. The fans are they're a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah, like you know. I mean, I don't mind hanging out with Packer fans and Bears fans because, you know, it's it's pretty, you know, most people are pretty cool. That they're, we just, it's banter. It's all it is. It's just fun banter. You know, most people, it's it's fun. Some are just, you know, a-holes, but that's just, anyway, doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's going to come down to, can he protect the ball? That's, again, that, that's, again, that's what's going to be the two keys. Can Dalvin run and can, can protect the ball? That That's what's going to come down to, I think, for a win, I think, Monday night. So, I think again. I don't. I don't think you need much because again, you know, again, like you said, the Bears have what the, the second worst third down conversion rate in the whole NFL or something like that. You said earlier. Bears offense. Their yeah. offense has one of the worst third down conversions, yeah. which is great for Minnesota because that's actually one of the things we're good at. Is yeah, that, that's what I was that saying. Aspect. So again, you may you may not need much. I mean, hell, like you said, maybe two hundred total yards might win you a game. I think that could help you win a game this Monday because that's probably what it's going to take to probably beat them. Probably take much. I would think. You know. Probably a low-scoring game. You know, I'll, I'll I'll make a score prediction later here before the show's over, too, with you. But, uh, yeah, again, just don't turn the ball over. I think we'll be okay. But, again, that's a big ask of Kirk because you know how he is with his happy feet. He can't move it. He's a statue back there. So, <laughs> that's just how he is. Agree more. Yeah. I, that, and Jason Perez, thank you for tuning in. He says, how is going to cook the bear defense? I love the plan, <laughs> And he, he sent it to the uh, – into the comment section, Vikings minus three is a lot. Uh, I, I would honestly agree with that. I think, I think that's not a bad right now, but minus two and a half, one of the things. So, so that would be a little help, more helpful for them. Um, their over-under is 44. I could see it being a 44 over-under. I could see it being like a 23 to 17 kind of game. Uh, I don't imagine anybody scoring over 24 in this game with how inept both offenses are <laughs> at times. Um, but let's go to the defense, Stephen, uh, Minnesota's defense. Um, the Vikings defense, they've played two MVP candidates, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, extremely well this year. They almost took down uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. It, we really should have. And then they played Aaron Rodgers really well two weeks ago. So do you think the defense will have a very do – what do you think they're – how do you think they're going to come out on uh, Monday night? Well, again, you know, here's kind of a funny uh, – I hate to – you know, just to back up here quick. You know, I was a huge fan of the Ngakwe trade when we got him before the year because, again, of course, we didn't know Hunter was going to be out all year. We didn't know that, of course, and I still regret – but I, I still hate the fact that they traded him six weeks into the season and they just traded him and they traded him away a month and a half later. It makes no sense to me, you know. But here's kind of a funny thing. But since we traded him, they've been playing better on the defensive line. Coincidence? I don't know, you know. 
could just could just be him. I mean, you know. But anyway, uh, I do think they'll come. You know, yeah, it's it's still Nick Foles. You never know what he's gonna do. He'll show off. You know, like with like an MVP candidate, like, like did against us. You know, three years ago, or lay an egg like, like he usually does against every other team in the league. Except the Vikings, of course, because we're we're cursed like that. You know, against him, I don't know why it gets backup quarterbacks. We're always cursed. I don't know what it is about backups that always get us. But anyway, uh, you know, they're saying dance when my play. I think I got to make key. I, I hope he plays on Monday because if we, if we get dance back, I think we'll be okay because with him and Gladney out there, I really like what I'm seeing these guys in these corners so far. I think they're going to be good corners and give them a year, give them another year to, I think, develop down the road. I, I think the both be starters for the long time in the NFL for sure. I really, I really like what I'm seeing from these guys. And, you know, uh, I'm a big Armand Watts fan. He had a, he, he's been playing pretty well. I've been seeing, as far as you look up your stats, too, he's, he's been playing pretty good so far, I think, in his role, what he's been doing, too. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I was dead wrong about the Wanham pick. I hated the pick when we got that guy, you know, in the fourth round. Because, again, pure value-wise, I think it was a little early to, to get this guy who's kind of pretty raw. But, hey, you know, what he's been doing so far for a rookie, I think it's been pretty good for him, what he's been doing, you know, too. I mean... I haven't heard a face. I have heard a face name once this year at all, and I've all been hearing is Wanham's name. That's all I've been hearing lately has been DJ Wanham. So I think you start him and you know let him play. I just think he's. I think he's got the hot streak right now. I really like what that kid can do. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if again, just again, stop him. You know, again, you, you, you shut him down. You'd be okay in the passing game. I think you'd be okay. I think I think you'll at least get to much. And again, you said, you said their offensive line. I mean, we have about we have we have bad offensive line. Yeah, too, but. <laughs> Their, their offensive line is, I think, one of the top five worst in the league, I think, I want to say, if that, I think. It's, it's the PFF, uh, second worst rated yeah, offensive line. Go, like I said. So you'll probably get to them because, you know, you'll probably just get to them at least once or twice, I'm guessing. At least, yeah, blue ball. Yeah, if you can put pressure on, on Foles and just make him kind of, you know, make him make mistakes, I think I think you'll be okay for sure against the deep, against their offense. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you were talking about T.J. Wanham. There was times in the game um, – against the Packers, or it was when he first started playing this year, I thought DJ Wanham was Daniil Hunter. I was like, is Daniil Hunter back? Because he has the similar build where he's tall and lanky. Yeah. Looks like he could play wide receiver same, even. Same freaking build, six foot five, 240, 250, built like a statue. Again, they keep comparing him to Hunter when he came out of the draft, too. They were comparing him to Hunter when he came out of the draft even last this past year. So, yeah, I really like what the kid – hey, but again – and that shows you how good Andre Patterson is as a coach, you know, too, because, again, this guy's still pretty raw. He looks, he looks like a seasoned veteran almost already. He only, what, two three games he's been playing so far this year. So, I mean, yeah, he's looking pretty good so far, I'd say. It's the, the classic throw everybody into the fire right well, away. they have to because now they, they're, they're down to their second and third string. They have to put them in. Now they have nobody else. So Yeah, yeah. it's great. It, we had all these rookies, and we're like, oh, the future is bright. And then who would have thought that entire draft, they'd be going right into battle right away. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's good that they're adapting quick because we really – time is of the essence in Minnesota right now with, uh, with how our team is looking. Yeah. So Bears running back, David Montgomery, he's a great running back. I'm a big fan of Dave Montgomery. It's a shame that his offensive line can't create holes for him. But he's questionable coming into this game with a concussion, so yeah. that helps us. I hope he gets better after Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say, I don't wish harm on anybody, but if he could just sit out Monday night, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that would that would help because he always kills us when he plays us. He always kills their defense. He does. When he plays us every time we play him. He always just goes off at least hundred yards against us every time we play that guy. 
So yeah, shows how good he is too, though. So yeah, he's one of the he's one of the better running backs in the league. And Tariq Cohen, he uh, he actually uh, gave us the business last year, pretty good. So. I'm glad we have – I think their next running back up is a guy named Ryan Nall, who I thought was a fullback at first. He's Never, like a, never heard of yeah, him. Yeah, I, I don't know him either. Um, and then their other guy that they've been using a lot at running back is uh, Cordero Patterson, who isn't a running back. He's just a kick returner. And as we know, Vikings fans, a giant bust in the NFL. Talk about a first – again, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, Spielman's got to go. I'm sorry, but – I'm not a fan of Spielman. You know, he's I – th- I think the guy's too smart for his own damn good as far as first-round picks go. You know, he's been so hit and miss with first-round picks. I just – I don't – you know, again, Ponder obviously will, ever, will forever be – well, he was part of the triangle. It wasn't his decision. He was still part of the decision when they when they drafted the guy. It's still on him to draft the guy, you know. So, Ponder is obviously the worst ever pick in, I think, NFL history. But that would be second best in my – that would be second – Second worst pick I think he's ever made is definitely Cordero Pratt. So I hated that pick from the get go. I mean, he had what half a good season, and he just you never heard from him ever again. So yeah, yeah it just it is what it is with him. But you know, I don't think he's going to be offered much as far as cause again we know him better than anybody because we drafted the guy. We know him how to play him. We know him better than anybody. We we, we draft the guy. So yeah, we'll, we'll sure. see what he does too. But yeah, I don't I don't think he offers much as far as the, the threat goes. I don't think he does offer much as far as the threat against us goes in the running game at least. But We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, the run game isn't – it's a really weak run game, and that's great for Minnesota because Minnesota is – that gives them the ability now to give their secondary more help. They don't have to, uh, you know, put eight men in the box. Um, so that's great to, to see because our secondary, as we know, is is very, very uh, bad at times. <laughs> I, I, I liked I, – I do like Gladney, though. I, I think he has a bright future. He's oh, getting know. he's getting exposed right now. The poor guy. I feel bad for him, but but he gives 100% effort. He doesn't take plays off. Um, I think he's allowed like 35 catches on 51 targets this year and has allowed five touchdowns. It, he's getting exposed, but he – you got to get thrown under the fire right away sometimes to get better. Well, he, I, I, again, speaking as far as stats go, I saw he had his best week last week, if I remember correct. I think PFF gave him a good grade last week. Yes, he did. He had three pass breakups on third down last week alone last week, which I think is pretty good for a rookie corner, especially a slot guy in the last two. That's pretty good for a slot corner in one game, three pass breakups on third down. That's pretty yeah. damn good. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was a huge fan of him coming out of the draft. He, he was one of my draft crushes for sure. I love that pick. Uh, Jefferson, I wasn't sold on. Hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm glad to be wrong about Jefferson now. I'm glad to be wrong about him now, you know, too. But, uh, you know, again, I was for offensive tackle, you know, in the first round. I, I'm an offensive line guy. I, I always have, I've been saying that for 10 years now. We need offensive line help, which is, which is still do, by the way. It's still help, by the way, on that offensive line. They still help on that line, too, you know. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I love him so far, especially I was actually be a fan of Dantzler coming out, too. And again, they're they're both proven, I think, pretty well so far. Again, as, as far as rookies go, I think they're having a good year, I think, so far anyway. But yeah. Yeah. And um, Gladney, he has really high marks in run stopping, too. He's given up 35 catches, which sounds like a lot. But like you said, he's in the slot. Mm-hmm. So it's not as much about giving up the catch, but making that tackle mm-hmm. after that catch has made it. And I think he's only allowed somewhere around 150 yards after catch is what I read online. Okay. So when you take that into account for the amount of catches he's allowed, 
at least he's making that stop right away, not letting it become a big play. So I'll give him credit there. That's mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Um, and then let's go, like we uh, talked about before, it's a, it's a very young pass rush, very new, but where the Vikings excel in giving other quarterbacks a hard time is when they blitz. Uh, the Vikings have been blitzing a lot more as of late, and it's been working. We saw it work beautifully to a T against Russell Wilson. Mike Zimmer, I thought that was the best defensive game he had ever called because you looked at that defense, you saw what that offense was. That shouldn't have happened. That stopped, like how they stopped Russell Wilson in that one. It was a beautifully called game. This year, when the Vikings are blitzing, opposing quarterbacks are struggling. Let me go through a couple of uh, games here. I picked four games where they did the best in the blitz. And in those four games, they played Aaron Rodgers twice. They played Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. These were their best blitzing games. When they blitzed against Aaron Rodgers in week eight, Aaron Rodgers went two for eight for 30 yards. When they when he they didn't blitz, he went 25 for 33, 261 yards and three touchdowns. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then we look at the Russell Wilson game. When they blitzed Russell Wilson, he went four for 13 for 65 yards. When they didn't blitz, he went 16 for 19, 152 yards and two touchdowns. So you can tell it's that simple. You have to blitz to, to because the secondary can't be on an island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's, you know, again, and I that's why I keep going back to as far as Zimmer. I mean, he's a great defensive coach, but I, I just, again, and I'm not, He's not, he's not a good head coach. In my opinion, it never has been a good head, good head coach. But defensively, he's always going to be a good defensive coach. Yeah. But you have to blitz these guys. You have to put them on pressure. Again, hell, look at last week in the Buffalo against Wilson game. When they blitzed him enough, he got, he got you know, flustered. And he just he couldn't do what he, what he usually does, you know. Couldn't roll out. Couldn't create plays on his feet. When you can – hell, look at, look at the – and also the Lamar Jackson game against uh, Pittsburgh, you know, two weeks ago. Same thing. When you force him to, to try and throw the ball and you and you box him in and he can't run, they're going to make mistakes. And that just shows you right there. When you blitz and put pressure on these guys, most of the time, again, the great ones find a way like Aaron Rodgers and yada yada and Breeze. And, you know, most guys will create their own plays like in Mahomes and all these guys. But, you know, guys like Wilson and Jackson, as good as they are, when you when – put pressure and box them in they can't do what they normally do so yeah i'm not surprised that's that at all actually it doesn't surprise me actually in that stat yeah exactly i know i'm throwing a bunch of stats at you i'm i love stats man i'm i'm eating this all up i'm and it's funny because aaron Rodgers he doesn't do that great against pressure uh, against blitzing against that bucks game i had a had my best friend he's a packers fan i had him on the show and we talked about how what's the recipe to stop aaron Rodgers. and after that bucks game he was like it's clear the bucks blitz they kept blitzing and it the the packers put up 10 points in that game uh and a guy like russell wilson loves to air the ball out deep you send pressure you blitz dk metcalf uh, can't get downfield for those big catches. So you're really, like you said, you neutralize that ability for them to do what they want. Yeah. Um, so I, I was curious, now that I have the, the keys to all this data, I was like, well, if the Vikings are so good in at blitzing other quarterbacks, well, is Nick Foles good against the blitz? What if he's a really good quarterback against the blitz? Come to find out, Nick Foles is an excellent quarterback against the blitz. Oh, yeah. So let me let me find some Nick Foles uh, blitzing data as I go through my notes here. Um, against the blitz, 
as I try to find my notes. Okay, Nick Foles against the Blitz is uh, very good. He's This year, he is 54 for 75 for 517 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. When there's no Blitz, when there is no Blitz, uh, where did I put that? Oh, no, I can't find it. Um, okay, when there's no Blitz, he has six touchdowns and six interceptions. I have it somewhere here. can't find it, but I remembered it off the top of my head. So that NFC Championship game, the last time we played Nick Foles, Stephen, against the Blitz in that game, Nick Foles went 12 for 13 for 165 yards and one touchdown. So this guy, he's great against the Blitz, but on the same token, you don't have to Blitz this offensive line. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I would, you know, I would keep blitzing, honestly, you know, because if it's worked the last couple of games, and again, Nick Foles is obviously not Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson by no means. He's not even a poor man version of either one of those guys. But yeah, it, it you know, I think I think his number is coming. I think we got a receipt for that that three years ago. I think we're gonna kick his ass on Monday. I really think we will. No, sorry for the the language, but but you know, oh, I, I, I want us think, to do that. I, hope I think we, we got a receipt coming for him from three years ago. I think he's I think he's gonna owe up this Monday because. I'm I'm predicting at least four sacks on Monday. That's my hot, that's one of my hot takes. I'm predicting at least four sacks on Monday for the Vikings. So yeah. I, I think I think they'll get to them. I think they will. So yeah, I think I think that's the key to the game. I think that's completely the key to the game because Allen Robinson, he's one of the best route runners, best receivers in the league. If you give him too much time, if you give Foles too much time, Allen Robinson this year. He's got 85 targets, zero drops. Stephon Diggs is the only guy with more targets in the NFL. He's got seven drops. So Allen Robinson's an excellent, excellent receiver. Uh, we cannot underestimate him. Darnell Mooney is another guy we can't underestimate. He's a shifty guy. And Jimmy Graham, he's washed up. But in the, in the red zone, he can make plays. I, I compare Jimmy Graham to Rudolph sometimes. I feel like they're similar. You don't see them in between the 20s ever, but they come alive in the red zone. Is, yeah. Do you think that's a, a fair comparison? I think so. I mean, you know, Rudy, I think Rudolph is he a little taller than Graham, or they're probably the same height. Some, both college basketball players, too. Well, they're yeah, both like 6'6". So, six, six, yeah. Both are similar build. Yeah, like 6'6", six, six, 230, 240. You know, they're big guys, but Rudy definitely has, I think, the bigger height of, you know, as far as vertical jump. I know he's a better version of that for sure. I, I think that's a fair comparison, though, because, again, you don't see him in the tent, you know, either you see him like within the within the 10 yard mark of the first down or you see him within like the five yards of the of the of the red zone. You never see him like 30 yards downfield. Yeah, they don't do that. Of course, they don't have the speed for that, of course, either, too. So, yeah, you know, I, I was actually a big fan of Anthony Miller coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, too. I, 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 I haven't heard. Is he hurt? I haven't heard, I haven't heard him at all. This he, year. Yeah. he is awful. He's yeah. been targeted 49 times this year and has three drops. Uh, he plays only out of the slot, okay. and he's he's not very good. Um, and most Bears fans don't really like him. Uh, and yeah, I agree. He actually did really well against us last year, mm -hmm. but I don't I don't envision him doing much this game. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll have to see. So yeah, I, yeah. But again, if you like I said, if you can just get if you can get to Foles and contain the pass, I think, I think you win this game for sure on defense alone, probably even without Dalvin or you know Kirk protecting the ball. I think you know I think defense. What, what I think it's what, what what's what's going to win this game for sure. Either one aside, whoever wins, I think it's going to be on defense alone, probably at least most of it. It was again, it was the last time we played these guys two years or last year. So that Week Four game was pretty much all defense that whole game. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, let's let's move on. I had a I had a a couple miscellaneous questions I wanted to ask you. Um, so, do you think the Vikings? This is completely. We're, uh, before actually, before I get into this, I want to hear your Bears Vikings prediction, and then I'll go into a few miscellaneous questions I wanted to ask you about Minnesota. So okay. predictions. Uh, let's see. Um, final score, I'd say Vikings do win this game. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Kirk, but I think they do. Win. I think he breaks his Monday Night Curse finally. I do think they win this game. I, I say Vikings 24 to 20. So there's your 44 right there. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook has at least 150 yards, two touchdowns, uh, running yards, not just scrimmage yards. Um, I say Jefferson actually has 100 yards too in this game. I'll, I'll say that. And I guess, like I said, I think they get, I think they get four sacks. I think they get, at least get two turnovers. I'll say it. Two, yeah, sure. I think they get two turnovers as well in this game too. Those were my those were my predictions. So I like that. I like yeah. those. I think that's all realistic. I think the I think this is, these two teams are so polar opposite right now. I have so much confidence in this Vikings team right now. I don't. And, <laughs> <laughs> me, but yeah, that's that's the Minnesota Viking fan, but the twenty yeah, two year that's, Minnesota Viking fan that's, coming that's, out of here. That's yeah. the way of looking at things. This is just how I am. But hey, I'm a Vikings fan, right? So we have yep. to. That's just kind of what we, what we what we do, you know. Self deprecating is is just a way to cope with the uh, with the depression, right? Yeah, pretty much. It comes with being a Minnesota sports fan. Hey. Just, you're lucky you're out. You're lucky. Are you just only a Vikings fan? Or are you any, only are you a, a Vikings fan? Yeah, I was going to ask you, are you a fan of like the Twins uh, yeah, and all those teams? Uh, you know, mostly it's mostly it's Twins and Vikings. Uh, I'm a fan of the Wild and the Wolves too. But again, if you look at all four franchises right now, you know, it's just, you know, most of them are rebuilding. Some of them have the talent. They can't win, of course, like, like, like the Vikings or the Twins, you know, but. Again, I think it all comes down to I think I think it all comes down to the front offices. As far as I, I'm concerned, I, I'm not a big fan. Again, like I said, I think they need to fire Spielman and Zimmer. I, I, I think we need I think we need new guys in there. You know, I'm actually a big fan of Eric Bieniemy from K, KC. You know, as far as you talk about a passing game, if you could get a quarterback with like, well, I think we're, I think we're picking what 14th. I think right now in the draft, you can get a guy like you know like Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm a big fan of the draft coming up here. You know, the kid from BYU. I think he could be. I think he's. You know, look at the the, the plays he's making. He's not a very very big guy, but he can bomb the ball sixty yards. What does Kirk do? That, that's all he can do is bomb the ball sixty yards. He's not a big guy, but Wilson actually can run too, though. He can create plays, but, but, but Kirk can't do that, of course. You know, I totally so, agree. I yeah. would love that. I would love to get just young all around. Get a oh, young yeah. head coach. Yeah, that's the way our team is looking right now. We're a young team. I I do question sometimes. Can a guy of Mike Zimmer's age kind of communicate well with a team that's so young and so inexperienced. Yeah. I mean, he's he's giving them like a veteran's playbook. And you, even Gary Kubiak, our offensive coordinator, uh, I had a guy come on my show the other uh, – a guest on my show call Gary Kubiak's play calling ancient, and I, I couldn't agree more. He does yeah. have kind of an ancient play calling strategy. Yeah. So everything about this team is is very interesting right now, and I think some youth in uh, could rejuvenate the team. Uh, I was going to ask you – do you think the Vikings win a Super Bowl in the next ten seasons? Uh, that's a good question. Um, if you can find a franchise quarterback in the next two years, I'd say yes. I, I think if you can, yeah, like I, like you just kind of mentioned, I think if you can get younger as far as front office goes, you, you need some new perspective. You know, again, hey, props to Spielman finding late round picks, but you know what? 
I'm sick. I'm sick and freaking tired of we don't need 10 freaking seventh round picks every damn year, you know? Trade up for I'm sick of him trading out the third round every freaking year because he has to have 10 freaking picks on day three. You know, it's like again, trade up for a couple guys instead of getting, you know, you don't need 15 guys like we had this what past draft? We have, we have 15 guys past draft. Yeah, Hell, it was if incredible. If you trade up with even a couple of those guys, you have probably better picks, you know, and Zimmer's coaching style is just it's just it's so old school. It's it's gotta go. This you know, we're a run first team. Well, yeah, because you're that's all you can do is run the damn ball. You can't because you got a quarterback who can't throw the ball. I mean, yeah, he can throw it sixty yards, but is he really accurate? Well, he may be, but he's a freaking statue. If he gets even touched, he goes down. It's like it's like Achilles, you know. Even even if you even touch him, you know, wrong, he's gonna go down, you know. But anyway, I think they can if you get younger and if you if you keep if you continue to draft well next, I think two or three years, I think might have a shot in a couple of years probably down the road. Yeah, if you get younger anyway. Yeah, totally so. agree. And Dalvin Cook, I think, will be good for like four years. I think we we could find a guy in the draft as a rookie. I think could put fill him in and probably play better than Kirk Cousins, just because of how simple this playbook is. It's like a pee wee football playbook. Oh yeah, it's such a simple play style, uh, play calling strategy from Kubiak. I think anybody could probably get filled in. Um, but yeah, uh, before I let you go, Stephen, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to add to this conversation while I still while you still got the floor here? Um, you know, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I know it's been kind of a, it's been rough with the pandemic and all. Uh, I actually work for a local nonprofit here in Minnesota. It's called the Edina Historical Society. So anybody listening out there, if you're in Minnesota here, we have an event coming up called Give to the Max next Thursday, which where it's kind of like a you know a statewide donation for local businesses and nonprofits. Hey, every penny helps right now, guys. We're kind of hurting right now out there. So, you know, I mean, especially in my field right now. So I'm sure everyone's hurting right now, especially, you know, out in the pandemic, you know, right now. But, uh, yeah, it's called, again, it's called, it's called Dinah Historical Society, guys. Look them up. Uh, yeah, the website, too, on there. If you just Google it, you'll find it. But otherwise, I'd say, you know, uh, I hope the Vikings, again, I, again, I want to see them win, but I want to I be a draft pick, though, too. I, I'm a draft guy. i always been a you know, draft guy. I'll, I'll always be a draft guy. So, I'd say hopefully if we lose just enough games to get a better quarterback. I, I would be okay with that if it means that this year, you know, hey, this this year is not only we're making the playoffs this year anyway, probably. So, I mean, we'll see. But hey, well, if they win on Monday, we'll be second place in the division now too. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if you win Monday, you're right back in the division. I think race wise, you know, right. So, I mean, you're right there back in the division race if you win on Monday for sure. So, but yeah, I think I think they went on Monday again. I think I think we break the curse of you know Kirk's. What, what is he, 0-9 in Monday football, something like that? I think that's what he is? Yeah, 0-9. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, maybe by the time he's 1-9, we'll see how it goes, you know. But anyway, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, lifelong fan. Hey, I've had a lot of fun. I'd love to do this again tonight. If you ever want me on here again, I'd love to come back on with you if you ever want me to. But uh, Absolutely. Otherwise, I say Skull Vikes, and let's get a win on Monday. Let's go. So, <laughs> Skull. All yeah, right, thank you it, so man. much, Stephen. I, I problem, really man. appreciate it. And uh, yeah, everybody, give uh, give that site a follow. I'll definitely plug it in in my uh, in the comments or in the uh, description when I put this on YouTube and on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, quickly, so the website is uh, Society dot org. So that's the website for you. So. Perfect. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you, Stephen. It. Have a good night and good luck to the Thanks. to the Vikings Skull. this on uh, Monday. Yeah. Skull. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for watching that interview. I'm gonna go shift the conversation now to the uh week 10 i'm going to give a little bit of a uh, preview of just the the um 
the Packers Jaguars game and then the Lions and um excuse me blanking on the Lions game um I have it right here um wow the Lions it's really hard to remember okay the Washington football team yeah the the I'm going to give you my prediction for these games for the the Lions Washington game um I think the Lions are actually going to pull this one out. I have the Lions winning 26 to 24. Now, as I look through my notes here, I have so many. I just am so disorganized. I believe that the Lions have um, Matt Stafford coming back. He had a concussion. He got removed from the game with a concussion versus the um, versus the Vikings. I don't know if it was a concussion as much as they wanted to check his head after him throwing two interceptions to linebackers, Eric Wilson and Eric Kendricks, to be exact. So uh, no disrespect to Lions fans on that one, but I, I do think the Lions bounce back. They're playing Alex Smith, who I'm everybody's rooting for. Everybody loves Alex Smith. I really appreciate the, uh, the hard work that he put in to get back into the starting lineup for Washington, making his first career start since 2018. Looking forward to this game. I think it'll be really close, but I do think the Lions will bounce back, and then that will be a very interesting NFC North uh, week. If the Vikings were to win, the Lions were to win, you'd have two four and five teams, a five and five team, and then a uh, six and two team with the Packers. And soon that will be seven and two because there is no shot the Packers are losing to the Jags. The Packers open up as a fourteen point favorite. 14 points. I actually have the Jags covering that spread. I just think that's an insane spread. Uh, the Packers probably will be putting in their backups by halftime. Uh, I, I say they win by double digits uh, for sure in that one. And Aaron Jones is back. Devontae Adams fully healthy. Alan Lazard will be coming back soon. Uh, this defense, it doesn't matter how bad this defense is injury-wise come Sunday. That Jaguars offense is uh, is not not great. And their defense is even worse. So the one in seven Jaguars will not not find much success versus the Packers. And then lastly, I want to go to the, my Vikings prediction. I'm a strong advocate of the 23 to 17 victory prediction for Minnesota. I think they will kick a lot of field goals in this game. I don't envision them finishing a lot of their drives just because of how good that red zone defense is from Chicago. But I think they put up enough points to win this game. And I just think Chicago's offense uh, is going to see a lot of struggling uh, in this game because Nick Foles versus um, Nick Foles this season, he just hasn't been playing super well. I think the Vikings will get to him, give him enough pressure. I think they will, like Steven said before, I think they'll sack him a few times. I think they'll cause a couple turnovers. I mean, this Vikings defense, they've turned over Russell Wilson. They've turned over Matt Stafford with linebackers. Eric Wilson has had two interceptions this season, three interceptions this season. Eric Kendrick's one of the best cover linebackers. I just think the secondary is great uh, from the safeties to the linebackers that their corners, I think, will actually not look so bad because of the help they'll be getting from the other areas of their pass defense. And then I just want to give you my really hot takes for the, uh, for this week 10 in the NFC North. I call it the NFC North five feverish takes. Number one, Justin Jefferson scores two touchdowns and has over a hundred yards receiving. That's pretty feverish, but I think it's possible. Uh, Justin Jefferson going up against, like I said earlier, the worst slot corner in the NFL and Buster screen. 
I expect him to have a great day. Adam Thielen last year versus Kyle Fuller only had two catches for six yards. Kyle Fuller, when guarding Adam Thielen, allowed one catch on five targets and a pass breakup. I don't imagine Kyle Fuller uh, having a bad game versus Adam Thielen on Soldier Field, especially with that pass rush. We know Adam Thielen loves to run deep routes, double routes, all that stuff that takes up time. Kirk Cousins does not have time against Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. Expect Justin Jefferson out of the slot getting most of the targets. Number two, Nick Foles throws for over 300 yards and has three touchdowns. Now, that was not my prediction before, but I do think that is a hot take that could happen. We do know this Viking secondary is struggling. We do know that their pass rush is third worst in the NFL. So perhaps Nick Foles in the offensive line finally gets it together in this game. Uh, They have one extra day to prep. Perhaps Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, they have a great day, a great night, and send the Vikings uh, home packing. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm really torn. As a Viking fan, it's hard to, to envision Nick Foles absolutely decimating them, especially when the Vikings have played Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as well as they have. Number three, the Lions hold the Washington football team to under 17 points and 300 yards of total offense. For this to happen, uh, the Lions will have to send a lot of pressure. Their pass rush is depleted. No Trey Flowers in this one. On offense, they have no Kenny Galladay. I think the Lions if they send a lot of blitz packages and make Alex Smith have to be mobile. Um, I think they could have some success. I can't envision Alex Smith expecting uh i can't expect them to have a great game if there's guys in his face the whole time uh it's going to be interesting how much does he trust that leg how much can he move in the pocket because that's really what it's going to come down to in this game is so if i'm matt patricia i'm dialing up a lot of pressure and then number four Aaron jones rushes for over 150 yards and at least two touchdowns that jaguars defense is bad That Lions offense scored over 30 points against them. The Jaguars have allowed over 30 points in many games this year. I don't expect this one to be any different. Aaron Jones, very reasonable to think that he can rush for that amount. And two touchdowns, I think, makes a lot of sense. That might not even be that hot of a take. That might be the coolest take of all of these. Um, And then Matt Prater, number five, Matt Prater hits four field goals. That is my prediction because I do think the Lions leave a lot of points on the board. I think they're going to move the ball well. I think Matt Prater might actually hit four field goals, and it's wishful thinking for me because he is my fantasy football kicker. So that would be nice to see from Matt Prater. And that will uh, conclude tonight's episode. Thank you to everybody for watching. Of course, you guys can give us a follow on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports. You, We just launched a YouTube page at Review and Preview Sports. This show will be uploaded tomorrow on that page. Check out all the other shows. The Big Blue Avenue with Tom Scavetta, Hank and Dichter, and then you have Review and Preview with Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, and Tom Scavetta. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Uh, when my show is back at normal time and don't forget I'll be on the brew party right after the game with Andy Hopper, right after that Monday night football game, chopping up the bears Vikings thoughts and, uh, and recap that game. But guys, thank you for listening and have a great night.